0: A better
1: way. Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. Today is January the 7th, 2021, and this is episode 2,800 of the Survival Podcast. Yep, 2,800. Seems like a land, landmark number, doesn't it, 2,800? It's just another show, but it's not just another topic. Even though it might sound like just another topic, today's title of the show is The Shit has only begun to hit the fan. And the only reason it doesn't say the shit has only just begun to hit the fan, it kind of makes the title too long for the podcast services and stuff like that. So marketing won out over accuracy today. Um, But yeah, and we're, of course, I'm invoking then the Capitol Hill chaos, the violence, oh my God, the, oh, the humanity as these, these tools on the networks weep for Washington. I had listened to somebody in, on Fox News, too, last night say, my heart breaks for the people of Washington and for the people of America. It's like, oh, my God. I'm not saying nothing happened. I'm not saying it's not a big deal. I'm not saying it, was a, it wasn't it was stupid. I'm not saying it's not going to be used against us, which is exactly what that is. Is it already being angled to be used against us? I am saying that... And this does not mitigate what happened, but it's just the reality of the response to it. I'm talking about the response, not the thing right now. If that's how a journalist is acting today, and they stood in front of a burning freaking building a few months ago, while the network put up a thing that said, fiery but mostly peaceful protests in in fill-in-the-blank city which is a real freaking thing. The only reason I didn't name the cities, I don't remember which one of like the 50 freaking cities that they set on fire this year it was, where they put that stupid banner up. But now, oh my God, the hallowed halls of the people's house. Oh, horseshit. Oh, horseshit. And I was going to spend today doing an analysis of this and weeding through the disinformation that I already knew would be here. Like, Antifa did it. Look at this guy. He's a Satanist or whatever. And it's all horseshit. So, in my research to do that for you, I found two great videos, about 30 minutes each. One by Dr. Ron Paul, and the second by Derek Bros. Now, you guys all know who Dr. Paul is. Uh, Derek Bros works very closely in something called, uh, a show called The Conscious Resistance, with our good friend, who's been on the show with us quite a bit. He's an MSB supporter, and he's one of my co hosts on a loose the Goose, uh, John Bush. And those two guys work together on this, but this video John was out for, so it's just Derek. And he goes through the misinformation stuff, and Dr. Ron Paul does as well, but Dr. Ron Paul, and both of them do, but Ron Paul's video focuses more on how it's going to be used against you, and Derek's fo- focuses more on uh, the misinformation coming out from the right about their own, I'm going to call it a micro-riot what so this, this is a micro riot. It's it's riots in D.C. Riots is plural, and I would say this is a if we could, if we call something like uh has happened in like Minneapolis this year a riot, then what we had yesterday was a micro riot. But oh my god, it was a government building which nobody gave a shit about when it was happening all over the country. Okay, so I was going to do that, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it. I'm going to give a little bit of setup, probably about. I've done this now for four minutes, so when we get through the intro segment, I'll probably come back with another four or five minutes on it. And I'm going to cut into what you need to be doing about it and why and how this is going to be used against you. Solution, because what I'm going to do for the analysis I originally planned is I've got links today for you. Dr. Ron Paul's video is on my Odyssey channel now, and Derek Bros has his video on his Odyssey channel. I'll link to those, and if you need more than I give you, they're the two best resources I, that I have. It's already been done. It's already been done beautifully, so why repeat it? Why don't I give you what Jack generally brings you, which is solutions? Because examining all this is important, but what it leaves you with is then what the hell... Because what you're going to realize when I'm done with my part of that, well, then what the hell do I do? Because so many of you are still wrapped up in, man, we need to vote the right people in. And if, if nothing else has been gifted to you from the turd of a year. I mean, this was a giant steaming turd of a year of 2020. It should be that you finally accept that ain't going to fix it. That ain't going to fix it. So I'm going to talk to you about why the general advice I've been giving for 12 years, I just keep getting more on accelerating and the urgency. You need to do it faster, and it's more urgent. that You listen, and you do the things to build your life your way, Because the window where it's relatively easy to do, because as hard as you think it is for some of y'all, it's relatively easy to do right now. And that window of ease is expensive. It's going to be like it's cheap compared to what it's going to be. That window is closing. And shit like happened yesterday speeds up that window's closing. That's what's going on. That's what's really going on. So, we're going to talk about all that in just a minute. Before we do, let's go ahead and hear from our two sponsors of the day. Sponsor of the day, number one today is ridgewallet.com. I'm really moving more and more, especially with my EDC, into minimalism. You know, I, I, I've never wanted to be the guy with the Batman utility belt or whatever when it came to my EDC, but I also want to have the things that I need. And I had already started moving that way. And then a few years ago, a, a rep from Ridge Wallet reached out to me and said, let us send you one. I said, yeah, okay, fine, send me one. I, I wasn't sure. I looked it over, and I, I said, yeah, I'm going to try this. I cleaned out my billfold, which kind of sits on my desk like a paperweight and has for almost three years. Maybe I need to get rid of it. For some reason, I can't. I don't know what it is. I can't throw this thing away. I'm, I'm actually holding it right now, my old billfold. I think there's some old driver's licenses in it or something like that because it's stiff. Anyway, I put that thing away, and I'm like, you know what? If you If you decide you can't live without it, it's not going anywhere, right? It's not gone. And I never went back. And I, I forget my wallet less now. I always have my wallet on me. I don't get in my car. I have to take my wallet out of my pocket because I don't want to sit on a lump. And it's just a better way to do things. And it protects my identity, my RFID-infused credit cards and things like that, by shielding them. It's totally worth the investment, and it's totally worth it to minimize on the stuff that you're carrying with you. And ladies, don't think it's just a guy's product. It's really awesome. And Ridge Wallet has some other really cool stuff. So check out their website. Remember, 10% off everything if you're an MSB member at RidgeWallet.com. Next up today, Backwoods Home Magazine. I've been a customer of Backwoods Home Magazine, no fool, since 1993. They actually said, you know, we, we'll give you, since we're, we're sponsors now, back in like 2011 when they became sponsors, like, you want a free subscription? I'm like, all uh, right. I already have one. <laughs> I've already got one, right? Some of you know where that's from. Some of you, I don't know. You, you, you had, Your childhood was weak if you don't know where I've already got one is from. Anyway, um, I've already got one. And so when they came out with Self-Reliance Magazine, which is kind of the, the sister publication, they gave me a free subscription to that. But I'm still a paying customer of Backwoods Home. And I could be a free customer from Backwoods Home. That tells you how much I love what they do. So that's about as good of an endorse, endorsement as I can give you. Check them out at BackwoodsHome.com. All right. Let's start off with a quote of the day that I, I've used it before, and I was doing all Bill Mollison quotes this week, and when I realized the topic of the day, I said, i got to bring this quote back for you. It's by Polybus, um, who was a Roman philosopher. And he said, and I think he was also a governor. I don't think he was ever emperor, but he was some, some government dude. I, I just don't, In my head, I'm not remembering right now. Uh, but he said one time, the mob is easily led and may be moved by the smallest force so that its agitations have a wonderful resemblance to those of the sea. I want you to think about what happened yesterday, and I want, I'm want i not going to go deep into this quote because I've covered it before. I'm just going to read it to you again. I want you to really, really, I mean, if you're doing something else, you space out while you're listening to me, and you kind of come back around and things. just give me this... 15 seconds and really let these words go into your soul and then listen to where we go when we go into the intro to the main topic. The mob is easily led and may be moved by the smallest force so that its agitations have a wonderful resemblance to those of the sea. And I picture, for a metaphor, a still pond and like if i was doing a political cartoon it would be like a giant and it would be like mass media politicians corporations oligarchy like like a nascar jacket on him of all those things and his hand just flicking the surface of that still pond and in the mirror of the pond thousands of faces of a mob cuz it's that easy just a flick and where this comes from for today's topic for me, a few days ago, my wife said to me, hey, you know they're having that big rally in D.C., what do you think is going to happen? Do you think a lot of people are going to go? I'm like, I think there's going to be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people at that rally, yeah. And you guys got to understand, even though I don't vote, and I am a full-on anarcho-capitalist, right, I am a full-on voluntarist, agorist, Um when I say I disagree with the belief you have that voting matters, but I still respect you, I'm not pandering. You are my wife. My wife voted for Trump. She was a Trump true believer all the way up till now. The difference between her and like the dyed in the wool orange man true believer was, once you once she realized that these appeals to the courts weren't going anywhere, she's like, frickin' Biden's gonna be our president. She didn't keep on to hope, which is what a lot of these people that went to DC did. Right? But in her heart, I know she's still in the bargaining stage, right? The words of Jack are eaten. like, America has started to come out of her mouth occasionally. But in the end, she's still clinging to this. She wa- she's such a good person, a good-hearted person. She wants to believe in the system. And so she said, well, do you think they have any chance of this objection? I'm not, no, that's just procedural. It's designed to create something so people can feel that they were heard, and it's going to fail. Uh, it, that, it's not even going to accomplish that. And she said, what do you think is going to happen at this demonstration? I said, they're going to storm the Capitol building. I said, you're about to see a riot from the right. And she's like, you really think so? I'm like, yeah. She's, uh, she's like, I, I can't believe they would do that. Right? Like, as though, like, Trump supporters are not going to riot. Which, in general, Trump supporters have not rioted. There's not been a lot of violence at Trump events. And when I, the least little thing happens, including, like, some asshole Antifa guy comes up and causes shit and gets the shit knocked out of him for it, the press acts like, you know, the, the the whole world is ending and these evil Trump supporters are out beating up babies. So whenever it did happen, no matter how minor it was, you heard something, you heard very actual little about it because it didn't happen. But I'm like, it's going to happen. And she goes, well, why do you think it's going to happen? I said, because they feel like they haven't been heard this little theater stunt in the the the, the congress is not going to go anywhere and because they finally felt that maybe they would be heard when the full realization comes in and there's a half a million or a million or 2 million people out there that realize everything you've done and everything you've said and everything you've believed is bullshit and it's not going to matter no one gives a shit nobody cares you look about all these people, they care, but nobody that actually holds the key to power cares. None of them are on your side, and you will be silenced again, and you will shut up, and you will take it in the butt. And when they realize that, there's no doubt in my mind that half a percent, one percent, and we you talk about a million people, that's a shitload of people, are going to lose their effing minds. And right in front of them is going to be the building that all the ass clowns that do it to them every day or passively let it be done when they're on their side exist. And that anger is going to take over, and a few people are going to go for it. And once they do, they're going to drag the crowd with them like a wave. And that's what's going to happen. She said, I can't believe they're going to do that. right?" So yesterday I'm in here, I'm doing my show and all, and I check in on Niwi, and I see this stuff like a... The revolution is in progress. Real-time riots in the ca- So I'm like, I'm sure this is being exaggerated. But I go ahead and I get on like YouTube and find a live stream, and Biden's there running his mouth, so I can't actually find out what's going on because they got Biden running his mouth instead of feeding seagulls in Florida where he belongs. And just on and on. This is sedition. This is only extreme. They shut up. So I finally am able to see some of what actually has gone on. So I go out and I tell my wife, turn on Fox News and watch it. i got to go back to work. They're, they're, they're storming the Capitol building, right? So she puts it on. I come get some stuff done, and I, I stop and I go check it. And the first words out of her mouth is, "I can't believe they did that." <sighs> Again, guys, I love my wife, but it's just it shows the mental state of the average person who really just wants to be left alone, and who you will agree with ninety nine point nine percent of the time. She doesn't believe it even though I told her it was going to happen, even though it happened exactly like I said, it, almost as though I could have drawn pictures of it in advance, because she doesn't want to believe it. Because if you understand what I just said, and you believe what I just said, and you have to now, unless you're just in total denial because it happened exactly that way, you start to realize something. There's no solution in this for me. There's no way. We'll never be given a fair shake. We'll never be treated fairly. The people that are on the side of the leftist scum will always be given a a preferential position in everything they do, in everything they say. And we can vote our brains out. We can even win elections. And it won't matter. We can even barely win elections and still lose them because of fraud, and everybody's going to be okay with it. And it won't matter. And think about what that really means to a person. What does that really mean? It's over. If the only solutions you have are fighting back by picketing and voting and sharing memes and telling people they're wrong on Facebook, you're done. You got nothing. And you're going to have, again, a certain number of those people are going to snap their gasket and go into the Capitol building. And I'll let you watch the videos and all, but there are some, there is some evidence that the Capitol Police either allowed it or even encouraged it. Like, they actually, in some instances, took down barriers and let them in and waved them in. This could have been some kind of screwed-up crowd control mechanism. Like, they were going to lead them back through and out or so, Or they could have been part of a grand conspiracy. And who knows? It doesn't matter. It wasn't all 100%. They broke through. They were allowed through. And then the Capitol Hill Police shot an unarmed woman who was, I guess, armed with a Trump flag. Those things are scary. If that had happened during a BLM protest, and the person that was shot had a brick and was throwing at a cop, there would have been freaking, you know, a, a giant funeral parade for them. And, oh, this is another example of racism. But this contrast? Let me read it again. The mob is easily led and may be moved by the smallest force so that its agitations have a wonderful resemblance to those of the sea. This is my point. I didn't know, flat out, that some group of the protesters would storm the Capitol building yesterday because I am Spiricodamas. That whole terminology with Spiritodamas started was started by Ron Hood back in 2010, after we became friends and he started looking at my work. He's like, "You're Spiricodamas," and it's kind of stuck. I do have a pretty good track record of predictions. And I don't always get them right, but I would say nine out of ten times. But it's not because I'm Spiricodamas. It's not because I'm sort of a genius. It's because I choose to make the predictions that are most obvious. If you can, and they seem like, wow, how do you know that? The only thing you have to do so you too can be Spiricodonus, right, is separate your emotion from the issue. See, the way I explained it to you was a little animated, but I'm not animated in my analysis, right? I'm trying to be entertaining as a podcaster, if I explain to you, there's going to be a million plus people at a city, at a national capital demonstration that feel that they got screwed over an election, right? And they are going to think that they're going to be heard, and right in the middle of it, the full realization is going to be, come to them that nobody heard you and nobody cares. What do you think is going to happen next? And any single one of you, if you didn't have any emotional... If this was in Paris, right? Would say, oh shit, they're going to storm the damn building. Right? Only because, well, they were Trump supporters, and they're the right, and we're the good guys. Would you ever think that anything else was going to happen? This is the important part. If I know that, if I know that, so does the media. So does the government. So do the oligarchs. So do the technocrats. So do the banksters. They all know that, and they are all students of philosophy because they believe controlling humanity is not only their right, but their destiny, and that they are actually doing a service to mankind by controlling mankind because mankind cannot be trusted to control itself. Everybody that seeks that level of power, that's how they think or they would not want the power. The mob is easily led and may be moved by the smallest force, so this agitations have a wonderful resemblance to the sea. They knew you would do it if you're one of them. They knew it would happen. They knew it wouldn't work. And they knew they could go hysterical about it. And most people would just sit there like a baby bird, swallowing vomit from the mama bird, and believe all the hysteria. My wife got a text from uh, her aunt, who lives in Holland, just, like, she sounds like she thinks our house is literally being burned down here in Texas. Like, there's people burning down my house is how she sounds. I'm so sorry for you. Your country's one of It shouldn't be this way. And on and on and on and on. My wife's like, I can't even answer her because I'm going to tell her she's a freaking idiot if I do. I'm like, it's her programming. She doesn't know any better. She's been trained to think this way. Like, they've been trained harder over there than we have over here. And then they have separation. So America is, like... I don't know. It seems like, well, you, like it's like you meet somebody from, from, from Holland or from France or whatever. And you're like, well, you're an American. Yeah, well, I know somebody from America. Maybe you know them. Like, sure, I, yeah. 330 million people. We have one state. We have actually two states bigger than your whole country. Or in some, in some cases, we have like a quarter of our states are bigger than your country. And I know them because we're both from America. Like they act like America is like this tiny little place that it, like if something happens anywhere, it happens everywhere. Because, you know, I don't give two shits about this, honestly. Because all this is is proof that everything I've been saying you need to worry about, you need to worry about. That's all it is. It's just confirmation for me that what I've been telling you is going to happen is actively occurring right now. That's it. It's nothing more. And yes, you, like I said, you can, you can explain it to anybody who will shut up for five seconds and logically consider this. You don't even have to explain it. Look at the way this is being covered. Even by like the right-wing media like Fox News. Oh, my God, it's a travesty, whatever. It, it's just, they were talking about like the, oh, my God, it's so violent. And while they were saying it, there was like an 80-year-old lady in a wheelchair like typing on her phone, probably posting something to Instagram, right? Like that's that's not what's going on. <laughs> Freaking riots the way it was being described. Yes, and yes, that agitates, and yes, that will make it worse. And this is only beginning. You're going to see the right riot Hard this year. You're going to see the left riot back. And you're going to see a war in the streets. In multiple locations. And what just happened is nothing compared to what you will see next. Nothing. And you know what? The mob is easily led and may be moved by the smallest force. So that its agitations have a wonderful resemblance to the sea. And do you see it? Do you see the pattern yet? They already had the D.C. mayor. And I'm telling you... Like, you want somebody that should be tried for treason, that woman, it seconds into it, shrieking for the National Guard to help when she had no problem with BLM burning down a church in D.C. at all, none. And Trump was Hitler for doing anything to stop it, right? But talking about this like it was 9-11-2.0. We're just not prepared for this. Oh, my God. (sighs) Just over the top. And we need to take a whole new way and figure out how we protect the Capitol. And there you go. And what do the Democrats want to do, folks? What do the Democrats want to do now that they got the Senate with Kamala Harris, heels up Harris, breaking the ties? What do they want to do to fundamentally transform America? Well, one of the things they definitely want to do is they want to make D.C. into a state. Do you think... Here, it's Jeopardy music. <INGING> Except you have multiple choice here. Do you think what happened yesterday makes the case for D.C. statehood from the statists more likely A or less likely B? The answer is A, more likely. Well, if they were a state, they'd have state-level resources. And my God, don't we need that? See? See? So there's two more Democrat senators to push the leftist agenda, and if you add Puerto Rico to that, you'll never have a Democrat-controlled Senate again in your life. You'll probably never have a, a, a any. I mean, I mean, you'll never have a Republican-controlled Senate again in your life. And you may never have, you may never have another Democrat or a Republican in the White House. It's a little less likely, but there's ways that that actually can, yeah. And all for about 20 minutes of feeling like, hey, we showed them. It's a trap. And it was always going to happen. And whose fault is it? Donald Trump's fault. He's conducting a a rally miles and miles away. It's still his fault. Because of his rhetoric and telling people that they got screwed. And before I go to solutions, because I went longer on this than I wanted to, I have no doubt there was fraud in this election. And I agree with Derek Rose, guys. There's fraud in every election. What set the tinder off completely with the right this time is the uh, the sheer amount of fraud that has been documented, and the continuous statement by the media, including the right-wing media like Fox News, there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud. There just the courts have looked at this. The courts didn't look at it. The courts largely refuse to look at the evidence or hear it because this is the the grand positioning that's been done. The courts have looked at it like, well, this is really the business of the state legislature. The state legislature has power to do something about this. And the state legislature has said, we don't want to interfere with democracy. So both sides refuse to do their actual jobs. We got just enough information to see things like a precinct in Georgia that was supposed to be be closed, with nobody watching except the security cameras. I guess they didn't know about, pull suitcases of ballots out of the from underneath the desk, and be, begin counting in direct violation of Georgia's own laws. Ballots that even if they were legitimate, that in itself was illegal, and no one did anything. We have over a thousand sworn testimonies from eyewitnesses under threat of perjury that they witnessed firsthand violations of voter law and they witnessed fraud. And those people have sworn those testimonies, again, under threat of perjury. And not one person has been prosecuted for voter fraud and not one person that made those statements has been prosecuted for perjury. Which means no one did anything. And that is why people are mad. I believe that if that was seriously looked at, if somebody went to jail for it, and there's plenty of people that need to, if anything looked like anything was being done at all, even though it would be pissed, even though it would fuel on some level the feeling that Biden is not a legitimate president, what happened yesterday wouldn't have happened. The fact that nothing happened at all and nothing is going to happen and that already has gone in, that's where this violence is coming from. And you think it's just coincidental? You think it's just the left being the left trying to silence you? You think that's all that it is? The mob is easily led and may be moved by the smallest force so that its agitations have a wonderful resemblance to the sea. It's all by design. And the only thing you can do now, the only thing you can do now, is to build your life in the most resilient, non-brittle way possible, develop the relationships that you need to develop with others, conduct commerce between people who choose to conduct commerce with each other, to do so as privately as possible. To build your wealth, to build your skills, to build your knowledge. The future belongs, I did a show right before shutdown, the future belongs to who? Do you remember what I said? Entrepreneurs and landholders. And I suggest you try to be both. That's where the future lies. It really does. Because the alternative is, well, I'm going to keep a job. Okay, so you're going to take the COVID vaccine sooner or later if you're going to hold a job. If you're going to hold a job, unless you work for a company that is run by somebody like yourself or me, you're going to take the COVID vaccine sooner or later. And you're going to do a lot of other things you don't want to do in the coming 10 years. Because, hey, it's business. And you're going to. Or you're going to lose your job. That's the reality. So you either find a way to have a job with people that aren't going to do that shit, and that's a very small number of jobs. The further you get away from cities, the more likely it is that you will find them. Or you build something of your own. And if you live in the suburbs or the city or an apartment, you're going to be under total control and you are going to be under total monitoring They're literally, like, the solution of the World Economic Forum to the COVID crisis they created economically is to train millions of people in all cities for technology jobs. There's not millions of technology jobs in all cities available, unless you're going to put them to work, like, monitoring their fellow citizens. This isn't conspiracy theory. This is on the website of the World Economic Forum. I link to it in the show that I did that I'm talking about. You can check me out if you want to, but... By now, you should know. I don't say shit when I, and I don't say it's absolutely true. Like, I'll say I think. But when I say something's absolutely true, you can look it up. You know, when you, like, by now, when you look it up, you're like, shit. Okay. Yeah. Right? It's the only thing you can do. And then, so holding a small land holding. And what I mean by that, for most people, is a minimum of an acre that lays in such a way that your neighbors aren't on top of you. Because you can have an acre. And you can still feel like you live in a suburban street because your acre is really narrow and really long. And then that really long, narrow acre backs up to another neighbor. And unless that is a design community with like-minded people in it, it's, it's almost as dangerous as living right in the middle of the suburbs because you're too close and there's enough density of population to call it a town... And once a town gets big enough to have a town council, it's probably too big. Because it will become subject to the iron law bureaucracy. And as such, it will be a servant of the state you're trying to get away from. That's not conspiracy theory. That is freaking political science. You have to get your head around this reality. The more local a government is, the more oppressive it will be. That's why the most oppressive form of government that we have in America today is a private form of government. It's called an HOA, a Homeowners Association. It's the most oppressive government form we have. They're not subject to any limits of any constitution, state or federal. And they can take your house away because you parked the wrong car in the wrong place if that's the kind of HOA you live in. And any HOA can become that because, and this is counter to what people think, the smaller the government in a federal system like we have, a republican system of governments, the only thing they really can do is add restrictions. Think about it. You live in the city of Sheboyganville, right? And some of you keep sending me there really is a Sheboygan. It's in Wisconsin. Yes, I know. That's why I call it Sheboyganville. Made up a place, right? So you live in Sheboyganville, somewhere in the the you know the beautiful uh, Norman Rockwell esque. Small town America, and it's but it's big enough to have you know a mayor and a town council, right, and a police force of a couple a dozen or a couple dozen officers, right. What can they do to protect your liberty? The answer is zero. Please understand that I know you don't want to believe that, but they can all be the greatest people in the world, and if they were, and they had no desire to impinge upon the liberty of any citizen in that town the most they could do for liberty is say, only county, state, and federal laws apply here. And we will make no more laws. All we will see to is the execution of those. And we won't do anything more than that. And they don't do that, do they? They have town ordinances and city ordinances and city laws. So that what's not illegal two miles down the road is illegal there. Now that place two miles down the road also is subject to the county laws, the state laws, and to the federal laws. So explain to me in what way that local government is anything but a threat to you. And you can't. So you've got to be outside of that. That generally means trying to be in an unincorporated area or in some sort of town or township that's so small That its existence is kind of a little bit of a shield, because it's too small to do anything, but it exists so somebody else can't do it on their behalf. And that's what you're looking for. And that's your only choice. And this is what I'm saying. There's an infiltration of this mindset, and it uses far more than... The, the the macro giant government control system that you're accustomed to, to seeing and realizing and thinking about in controlling people. It uses a far more localized approach. It is what you hear called Agenda, agenda 21 or Agenda 2030. That's a piece of it. And it involves coming in and saying, we've got to do things more environmentally friendly. And, the, you know, I, I'm telling you guys, this isn't new. Years and years ago, long before TSP, when I was part of a lot of like chambers of commerce and I was on like the technology business council for the Richardson Chamber and stuff like that, and we had all these meetings where they were, you know, so you could network and do business. And basically, it's business setting the business agenda. That's what, that's what a, 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 a chamber of commerce of a place that actually does business and is actually active. It's business people setting the business agenda for the community and making decisions like who do we want in government? That That's what it is, guys. I'm telling you, I used to be part of it. And I remember having, like, meetings and speakers and stuff, and they were talking about how it was so important. Now, you're talking, like, 2004, 2005 here. It was so important that we start doing higher-density developments because ecologically that was better for the Earth. Don't think this is new. And that's, and the way you do that in a place where, well, we kind of already built everything, but here's this spot where we haven't developed it yet. You put a giant apartment complex into that city and swell its density and overwhelm that place's local autonomy with people that don't think their way and you bring everybody into line. And if you don't think that's connected to what occurred yesterday, you need to work on your pattern recognition. Because people that want to adjust to, to advance that total agenda, yesterday they wept with joy. They wept with joy at the gift that they were handed, but it was like a Christmas present that you picked out for yourself and you knew your parents were buying it for you, and you knew you were going to open it. On on the 25th, and you knew the fat man was supposedly going to bring it to you. You even saw them put it in the bag two months ago at the store. But you just, you really couldn't believe you really were getting that Red Rider BB gun. And then there it was. And it really was yours. And you cried just a little bit. Because you wanted it so bad. That's what happened to the people that want to control you yesterday. They knew the gift was coming. They are as smart as I am, at least. So they knew it would happen. But it happened so spectacularly. They couldn't believe it, even though they knew they were getting it. Even though they saw the box and it was the only thing that could be in there. I mean, the, the box that a Red Rider BB gun comes in is pretty distinctive. Even though the paper was torn a little bit and you could see the BB, where it was torn. And even though your name was on it. You didn't really believe it until the day came. So now you got to do things for yourself. You got to get yourself out of these beltway suburbs. You got to get yourself to a place where you cannot be controlled. That doesn't mean the middle of nowhere. I've said this before, but you probably new people today. I can be in downtown Fort Worth in about 20 minutes. This is as close as I'm comfortable being. It was a compromise that I made. Three acres unincorporated until I start cooking meth. No one cares what I do here. I need no permits, no approval, no nothing to do anything. You have to have that. And then you got to start building and you need to build your home into a homestead. Like I said, nothing I'm telling you is new. I did a show probably two months into this called from home to homestead. It became a thing, a theme, a meme in the community. I mean, there was actually another couple that created a podcast Based on just that phrase, from home to homestead. The guy's name was Johnny and uh, his wife, I don't remember her real name, he called her the queen. Johnny Max and the queen. They did a podcast called The Self-Sufficient Homestead. It came just from that one phrase. And that's what every one of us needs to be doing right now. Because it's only when you take that home, you know, Robert Kiyosaki teaches that a home, a house, for most Americans, they've been convinced it's their biggest asset, it's actually their greatest liability. Because they owe the most on it. Many times they owe more than it's worth. And the second their income stops, they're going to lose it, and it's going to destroy them when they do. That's a liability. When you convert it from a home to a homestead, where at least it can produce enough revenue and enough food that you're going to eat, you're going to keep the lights on, and it's not going to be taken away from you. The minute you convert it to that, where the activities that go on on your property do that, then your home is what? What's the word we like to use in ecological circles? Sustainable. Think about it that way. Your your if your income is subject to somebody else's whims, that's like you get all your fertilizer from somewhere else that can shut you off. In and that of itself, that supply chain can fail. That right there, your farm's not sustainable. If all the income that supports your keeping of a home comes from off the home site, it's not sustainable. It doesn't mean you won't sustain it. It means it's not sustainable in that someone else or some other supply chain can fail and there's nothing you can do about it. So the self-sufficient homestead doesn't mean that you produce 100% of your own food and you're off-grid and whatever. What it means is that in some way it empowers you to produce resources and income such that it can sustain itself. That maybe you don't have everything you want, but man, you know what? There'll be three squares a day. There'll be a roof over our head. The lights will stay on. Whether you do that through off-grid or you do that through enough revenue to insure it, along with some backup power, once you do that, that place is now an asset. And as long as it's not an asset, not only is it a liability, it's a leverage point. Because now I can use fear to control you. And if you think about the major mechanism of control in 2021, it was fear, or 2020, it was fear. It always has been, but boy, it got ramped up in 2020. Fear. It wasn't just fear of the virus. I mean, imagine if you told somebody about October 2019. Within six months, Republicans will support a trillion dollar bailout to mail checks to everybody for simply existing for the economy. They would have looked at you like you had a lizard crawling out of your ear and it was singing Dixie. And you were snapping your fingers to a rap song. I mean, that's how you would have been looked at. And and no one would have ever believed you, including me. I would have been like, ah, no. But by April, what happened? You heard Republicans cheering for a trillion plus dollar bailout. The same people that gritted their teeth so hard that their teeth fell out during the Bush bailout and then the preceding Obama bailout, right? The the following Obama bailout, begged for it. People that didn't need the money said, You got to send me the money because I don't know if I'm going to have the money next month. And then he sent you another 600 bucks. Yay! We so said, we needed to do it. we got to do it. That was all fear. It was all fear. As though it was going to fix the economy anyway. And people go, no, we need $2,000 a person. Okay. Republicans fu- f- finally figured out they don't like foreign aid. Right? <laughs> what, is, what is Pakistan getting this money? Why, why are we sending money over to the Middle East for gender studies? Why are we doing that? We Because we always do that. The two things weren't even connected. The bailout and that mo- that omnibus spending bill wasn't even connected to the bailout. They weren't even the same thing. But <laughs> the mob is easily led and may be moved by the smallest force so that its agitations have a wonderful resemblance to those of the sea. So I think that right now, if you're not building your life toward, I guess you would call it personal sustainability, that you are going to be completely under the thumb of the state in less than a decade. Before the decade is over, you will wake up and realize that not only are you a slave, but you are a slave that polishes your chains. And you will actually be get to the point where you will use anger and violence toward anyone that would reach in and say, hey, let me... There's a lock on there. You see, it's not actually closed. We can open that and take your chains off. You'll attack that person. Tell me you don't see people doing it right now. They're defending their slavery. They're defending their chains. They're not just proud of them. They'll fight to keep them. And it's all due to fear. How am I going How many times have you heard people say, "I got to feed my family"? I've talked to cops. Do you like what you do? No. Do you think you're on the side of right anymore? Not really. Sometimes, but definitely plenty at the you know, like. Even the ones that say, well, most of the time, like, well, I don't know. Do you feel like you're doing the wrong thing 20% of the time? Yes. Oh, okay. Why don't you, why do you keep doing it? I got to feed my kids. Maybe throw a little sunken cost fallacy in there. I've been doing a job 15 years. So I got to get my retirement. And do you think you're doing what you think is the wrong thing more or less than when you started? Uh, probably more. And how long do you have left before this retirement? At least 15 more years. What do you think it's going to look like in 15 years? Get away from me. Let me polish my chains. I have to protect myself. I have to feed my kids. Fear. Fear, fear, fear. It's all fear. So why do you think... Then maybe, And then maybe I was even a little too harsh with it. I've apologized for it. But back in March last year, why do you think I told you all to calm the F down? Because I had expected that the majority of people that had been listening to me for five years or more had done this, at least to a degree. And I think most of you that had, even if you were afraid then, realized really quick, he's right. My life's not changing very much. I've looked out my window this morning many times, folks. I have yet to see the COVIDs outside my window trying to get me. I'm not worried about whether I'm gonna be able to afford my, my my mortgage payment in February. January's done. It's been made. I'm not worried about my business being destroyed. And I know people can look at that and say, But yeah, you do a podcast. Yeah, but you know, my my business. My business is based on my audience having enough money to buy memberships. More than any other thing, that's how I pay the bills, right? So if there's enough catastrophe in the country, then that can hurt me eventually, right? But I know people who have built businesses that seem like they were, like, oh my God, my business is going to be bankrupt in, in, in 60 days. Some that were dependent, let's say, on restaurants that have not only survived, but in some levels thrived in this. Because they backed up and said, okay, what can I do? And see, that's the option the entrepreneur has that the employee doesn't. And the further the entrepreneur is away from the major city, the more that's the case. Because if you're in a major city and you run a gym, you end up with a million dollars worth of fines. So somebody can make a point of oppressing you. But if you're out in the county, you probably can just open your gym, keep your mouth shut about it, call all your customers and say, we're still open, and stay in business. At least some portion in business. You can change it into a private club and say, I'm sorry, you can't come in. And your county sheriff's probably not going to bother you. You've got other shit to be doing. But when you're making a big statement in the middle of New Jersey, the police chief can and will come get you, just flat out. It will happen. And they'll just keep finding you and finding you until they they crush you to oblivion. And maybe some of them win. I think the one guy that I'm talking about, I think he actually in the end, like he got it thrown out by the courts. He got lucky. But wouldn't it all just be easier if you were working with people that weren't being led by fear? If you were working with people who wanted to do business with you and weren't led by fear? Because the cities are done, folks. They're done. I, I, you know what I, call, I called years and years ago? Death of the suburbs. Go, go to the site and Google, or not Google, use the site search function and put in death of the suburbs. And you'll see I was talking about this like in 2010. And what I said is you're going to have some suburbs that just become completely controlled and some that are just deserted. Tell me that's not happening now, 10 years later. That it's not exactly what's happening. But where are people largely just living the way that they've always lived? You know the answer. The type of place I'm telling you to try to get yourself into. Everybody I know that's not in the city or not in like a town big enough to have a town council, even if they're relatively close, has an acre or so of land or more, that's built a little bit of a homestead says, meh, every single one of them. So as more and more people... Attempt to do that. What do you think is going to happen to the limited inventory of places like this where you can do this? Because I'm going to tell you that like, maybe buying a piece of land and building on it will work for this. It's a little harder. I mean, even if you need to build a new house, having a place that already has power, electric, and permitting's done. You know, it's out in the county, so all you need was a septic permit, and that's already done. Even if you're going to level the house and build a new one. That's easier than fresh build. But fresh build can work too. But what's going to be impossible, or damn near impossible, or cost prohibitive to all but the wealthiest of the wealthy, is going to be a new development like this. It's going to be almost impossible to do, because as soon as it becomes a development, all the tentacles and apparatus of the state are going to come in and get involved. It's already like that, but it's going to be worse. Oh, you need to, you know... You want to go in, you want to do uh, something like village homes in California, which is incredibly environmentally beneficial. Oh, no, we got to drain this water. You're going to need hardball streets. I mean, it's like it's going to be a million dollars in infrastructure to build 20 houses before you can build the first house, before you can put the first foundation in. Another half million dollars in permitting. So what does that do to the value of these rural properties that I've been telling you about for so many years? Drives them up. Because once somebody has one, they're not leaving. Because where are they going to go? There's no place for them to go. Not that affords them the peace of mind and the freedom of what they have. And if they are willing to go, what do you think they're going to want for it? A premium. As buyers line up. Find the place that you want to be for a couple decades at least now. Commit to a plan to make it happen and start working the plan immediately. And if you're already a place where you could make this work, then you need to pour on the gas with, yes, some sort of home food production, some sort of entrepreneurial activity, right? Some sort of income stream. And start networking with the neighbors who are willing to network with you. Just start out with basic conversations. Just talk to people about what's going on. And they'll tell you what their value to you is if you just shut up and listen. And when you find that value, center on that value and offer exchange for it. Find a guy that's a really good handyman, you need some work done, get him doing some work on your property. Now he's there, now you're talking to him. He's building you a greenhouse because you don't have time to, and he's a little bit better at the handyman thing than you are. He's going to start asking you why. And maybe you can say, hey, you know any of your other customers around here that might want a greenhouse too? They can come look at mine. And it's not about being manipulative. It's just about being a citizen of the place you call home. I mean citizen in a totally different way than they mean it when they teach it to you in schools, part of your training and your programming. I mean that I want to know my neighbors. That I actually think that's a good thing. So that I can know this guy's really great. This guy's, eh, he's all take him or leave him, but yeah, at least I know him and I know what he's all about. And this guy's a total dick. And if the shit is the fan, like he needs to be taken care of immediately, because he's going to be a problem. However, it works out. I'm not saying that's true of anybody. I'm just saying, like, that's kind of your categories, right? And in that you'll find people you want to do business with, and then you'll build local economy, and then you can start building local stability. That's it. That's all you got. And I'm going to tell you what, maybe if you're like, yeah, Jack, Yeah, it all sounds good, but uh, I I still believe we can vote our way out of this problem. Even if you're right, it doesn't change a word about what I just said. It doesn't change a word about what I just said. Number one, the country's trending left. hard to accept. It's hard to believe the country is trending left because they have indoctrinated our youth for 30 years and every year, A whole new block of voters are spit out by a system designed to make them into leftists. And a whole block of people die because they're old. So the country's moving left anyway. Even if voting works, even if it can happen, it doesn't mean that it will. That it's just as likely that if you can vote yourself out of this, that you can be voted further into this. So that's a fact. And... Once that happens for a cycle, for the next two years, there's nothing to do because arguing with people on Facebook about why they're wrong and telling your uncle he should vote different next time doesn't work. And it doesn't do anything for you. So even if you still believe in the system, the fact that it can continue to get worse, even if you're right, in fact, it's still likely to continue to get worse, even if we can vote our way out of it, we're not likely to actually do so. And because the number of times you get to do that is so infrequent, that even if I'm totally wrong about that part of it, this is all you can do for yourself if you want to ensure your future. Grow your own food. Develop your own income streams. Strategically relocate if you have not already done so. Educate your children outside of the state's system. Do not send your child to your enemy for their education, and then be shocked when they come back and see you as their enemy. Have you ever noticed how many children go off to college and come home and see their parents as the enemy? Shocking. No, it's not. It makes perfect sense. You teach your child their entire life to go to school and work hard and do what the teachers say and get good grades. They do exactly that. The teacher, even if they're not directly your enemy, is the agent of your enemy the state, the child is programmed to think like the state and any place you deviate from that and believe in individual liberty and freedom, you must be wrong. And therefore, over time, when they are fully indoctrinated to become one of them, and you're not one of them, you're the enemy. You can't be surprised by that unless you've had your eyes closed and your ears plugged for the last 30 years. So educate your children yourself. There's a way to do it. And odds are this whole lifestyle lets you get closer to that. I don't think there's anything wrong, too, with like the multi-generational approach. My son and daughter-in-law work every day, and we have and educate their children. It's a privilege to be able to do so. And you know where my grandson is right now? Shooting arrows at 3D deer targets. and 3D bear targets. He's out doing archery getting professional instruction, part of his homeschool education. says P.E., I guess we'll call it. Do you know why? Because he wanted to learn how to do that, and we had the means to make that happen, and it seemed like a good idea, and getting somebody, when they're young like that, some professional instruction. Yeah, I can teach him to shoot, but he'll listen to them a lot better. Prophet having no honor in his own country. Yeah, we'll do that. Got him set up with hay bales back here now. We shoot together in the backyard. Yeah, it's great. Is your kid gonna be doing that in school? When I was a kid in school, we shot archery. I don't think you can do it today. It's a weapon. Oh my god, call the federal law enforcement officers. He has a b he has a stick with a string on it. It could be a weapon. I mean that's You want freedom for your kids. And that's why I hear so many of you saying I have to vote for my children. And then you send them to the state's education indoctrination centers? Really? you think you're fighting for their freedom by storming the Capitol, holding a sign, or voting for an R over a D, and then you send them to the institution that is designed to teach them that you're wrong and you're shocked at what happens? Whatever you got to do, those are the big things I can give you today. And I've talked about multiple ways to do it for years. Homestead, outside of the systems of control. Income streams outside of the J-O-B and take charge of your learning and the learning of your children. I wish I had more, but those things are everything you've got. With that, we've wrapped things up. I hope you enjoyed today's show, even if it's not what you wanted to hear. Again, I really recommend that if you want more on an analysis level, you take a look at the videos or just even – you can listen to them because even though they're videos, they're mostly audio, right, uh, of Dr. Ron Paul and Derek Rose that I will have for you in the show notes today. And if you want to support the show and the work that we do, and please do because without you, I, I literally can't do this, right? The, the way you can do it with no direct cost is to do your online shopping at tspaz.com. That's TSP. AZ.com, T-S-B-A-Z.com. You can see all the stuff that I've reviewed over the years. You know, if I reviewed it and said you should buy it, I've spent my money on it or I would not recommend it to you. Today's item of the day is a real simple one. It's a four shelf indoor mini greenhouse. I found this little thing when I was doing hydroponic work last year. It's good for starting plants indoors. It's good for growing, uh, hydroponic vegetables indoors. It's 37 bucks. Uh, There's a lot of different uh, variations of it. They're all pretty much the same. The only difference in them is how tall they are. And the one that I have linked for you today is, let me look it up, 63 inches tall. And they're made by a bunch of different manufacturers, and some of them are like 52 inches tall, 57 inches tall. I recommend the 63 inch because with four tiers, that gives you enough space in all of them for it to be practical to use. And it doesn't cost that much more. I think the cheapest I found the shorter one was twenty nine bucks versus thirty seven bucks. Trust me, you're gonna wish you spent the 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 thirty seven bucks if you buy the shorter one. But it has a little you know polyvinyl uh, covering on it that you can zip closed. You can throw the Berina Grow lights in there. You can look at all the things I've done with it. This thing is awesome, and you can start food. Uh, you can start more plants in it than you can imagine. It's a great way to do it. And if you want to grow out like small salad greens and all, it's fantastic for that. It gives you so much control. Uh, you can figure out based on your temperature, why well, you want to keep it closed, halfway open, closed, but not zipped. You can figure out what works for you. A couple timers on the lights and you are off to the races. And I'm telling you, you'll be shocked. If you look at my videos of what I grew with mine, it'll kind of blow you away. It's one of the best sub $50 investments I've ever made. And this is the time of year to be looking at it, right? Because, we just did a whole show last night on Unloose the Goose about winter growing. And one of the things we said is, you know, the things are that you can do right now, if you waited this long, you don't have a winter garden in already, is hydroponics, aquaponics, or in dirt, growing indoors is a big one, and then planting your spring garden and, and figuring out when you need to start growing your starts for your transplants for your spring garden. This helps with all of those, and it's 37 bucks. Um, again, I, there's a lot of people that make it. And what I do is every time I bring it around, if the one that I linked to last time sold out, I find the best deal on the one that's the right size. And that's what I've done now. And I've got a link in the write-up where if it's sold out, because it might sell out today again, because whenever I run them, they usually do, um, there's a link for the search and then if you know to look for at least this high, you can find something that will work for you. They're all the same. They're all made in the same Chinese chop shop. Uh, the other thing you can do to help support us is join the MSB. Just go to the survivalpodcast.com and click on Members to learn more about that. And remember, I do take cryptocurrency for MSB. In fact, I kind of prefer to take cryptocurrency if you use cryptocurrency. And along with all of the other stuff we talked about today, learning to use a private currency system outside of the banking system, is another thing that you can do for your liberty with that. Let's go ahead and wrap things up with our song of the day today. Song of the day today is by Toby Keith and it's called Clancy's Tavern. And it's kind of an ode to his grandmother. His grandmother was a waitress at kind of a bar and tavern in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And Toby was a lot like me in one way, I guess. I mean, I can't sing worth a shit and he's a hell of a lot taller than I am, but, uh, he spent most of his summers with his grandparents, as did I. In particular, with this grandmother, this song's based on. And her nickname at that tavern was Clancy. And this whole song is really about how she was with the people that came there and how they were with her. And it's really a sweet song. It really is. But what it makes me think of when it comes to this last year and some of the things we were talking about today is how many places like this with people like this the service gathering places for people that just want to be left alone except when they want to be together are closed or out of business forever because of the nonsense and it makes me think about the fact that our founders planned the insurrection that became our revolution in taverns now why would a government hell bent on total control want to shut down the economy. It's not really hard to figure out, is it? With that, has been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Any
0: minute to five o'clock, crowd will be coming. Taps will be flowing with beer. The cigarette smoke soon to be rising. And at 5.30, Clancy gets here. She knows all their faces, she's practically raised them And that's why they're loyal and true They'll pay their tabs, and that pays a light Bill And she keeps their glass full of broom And the welders and the drivers and the old and the fivers And the regular Joes of the world singing here's to you Clancy in your neighborhood tavern for me another my girl there's a waitress named Lily shows up at seven to make sure the service is great and there's a black dude named that cooks in the kitchen Burgers and chicken fried steak Yeah, around nine o'clock The band will start playing And the music will fill up the air Then they'll take a break every 45 minutes And the jukebox takes over from there And the welders and the drivers And the old man to five and a regular Joe's of the world. We're singing, here's to you, Clancy, in your neighborhood tavern. For me, another, my girl. 35 Last calls upon us It's time to settle A score Won't you call me a cab And bring me a tab And while you're at it Bring me one more She's cleaned the last table And shined up the bar It's late and everyone's gone Then she'll cock her pistol And count all her that old Chrysler back home And the wheelers and the drivers And the old 9 of fivers And the regular Joes of the world Singing here's to you, Clancy In your neighborhood tavern For me and another, my girl Yeah, good night, sweet Clancy In your neighborhood tavern